old school Paul, new school Justin. Man, y'all still going to school though. <laughs> Sit down, listen up. Father, son, y'all think it's just another one. Fade the beta, they be grading players, all it's done is made the piper pay me. And they've been grinding lately, up late, hit the waivers, don't hate the player, hate me. It's just a game boy, never gifted one on Christmas. Instead, I asked for ships to hit everything off my wish list. Check the litmus, do y'all really not get this? Hit this triangular shaped button, I don't want you to miss this. But I guess that's really none of my business Me risky free, cruise with pollen, Justin, just listening Yards after contact and catch, that's a lot of distance The kind of info make me wanna blow opponents kisses But I gotta be clear, there was one key difference Relationship is deep in this vent of ellipses Like how Justin agreed to washing all the dishes I'm just grateful Paul turned the miss into the missus Father, son, pie, get down on the get down If you don't get it now, then get, get out Father, son, pie, sit down and get rich now if you're not feeling it now then get get out what's up everybody welcome to the father son fantasy football podcast my name is paul my name is justin and we're here with another redraft show before we get into it we gotta get you some more twitter followers we both just got into scott fishbowl 10 yes, we did but your twitter at paul ffff minus at justin underscore ffb see i'm not tongue twisting anymore i changed my <laughs> app people aren't really used I to see it. you did but we got a great guest for you today. A lot of great guests recently. Yes, we're, we we're keeping the fire going. And we're joined by Pat Fitzmorris from The Football Girl. You also may have heard him on the Apple Podcast app or any podcast app for Fitz on Fantasy. What's going on, Pat? What's up, Pat? Hey, Paul and Justin. How are you guys? Great to be here. Really appreciate you having me on. And I uh, cannot wait to chop it up with you guys. Yeah, looking forward to this one. Now, if you guys don't know who Pat Fitzmorris is, well, one, you go, go follow him on Twitter at Fitz underscore FF. But if you look up every year, you see the Fantasy Pro's most accurate rankers. He's always there, always in the top 10. You're always like, oh, who's this guy, Pat? It's more always top in 10 the top again. 10. You, know, you kind of just have some real estate there. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so. That's good real estate to have, top, top 10 all the time. Yeah, that definitely. No complaints about that. And uh, did you request any divisions for Scott Fishbowl, Pat? You know, I always like to leave it to the fates, you guys. I did not request a division, nor did I request a uh, draft slot, which, um, you know, I, I don't like to let it ride. But now that everything's out and I haven't been slotted yet and I'm seeing everyone else slotted, I'm kind of jealous that I don't know my spot yet. Do you guys know where you are? We don't know where we are yet. I'm keeping mine a little secret still. Dad, you want to get into, you can go, if you want to share, you can get share. People want to go and draft against my dad if you got in as a fan. You want you want to let them know which one you requested? I requested Battleship. Okay. so you I don't I don't really care what position. <laughs> let that be a surprise. I always like to surprise a, so I can get mad after. But we'll, <laughs> we'll, wait on the, the, we'll, we'll wait on the position, but a, a Battleship, a lot of them games I played when I was a kid, I mean, I'm 53 years old. I know almost every game on that board. So, uh, uh, Battleship, hopefully I get in that. Yeah. I, I wanna, but it doesn't really matter. It's all for charity. I don't care where exactly, they put me. Yeah. Really. That's the main thing. The main thing is it's all for charity. Donate to Fantasy Cares or any charity that you wish to donate to. But definitely thank you to Scott Fish for yes. running this and making it. He expanded it. It's now 1,400 teams this year. Ooh. I don't know how you even keep track of that. I mean, thank you, that's, Scott that's Fish. That's a great job he does all for charity. It's fantastic. Yeah. And last year we finished top 30 together and – 
Hopefully, you're in my division. Would go against each other. I'm so not going to be in your division. See who the better person. No, is. We, we can't go in the same draft. We got to increase our exposure to people. You. This year, I'm, I'm trying to increase my exposure to Odell Beckham Jr. I'm not going to lie. Ooh. Odell Beckham is my guy. He's been my guy. I, we live in New York. I get to see him on TV all the time. And then he left because of David Gettleman's. You know, being David Gettleman, I get you know Odell Beckham's a diva. Last year, I was on Odell, and he let me down. He yeah. did not do that great. He let a lot of people down. So, Pat, I'm going to ask you first. Are you expecting to bounce back from Odell this year with a new offensive coordinator and improved offensive line? Are you liking what the stars are aligning for Odell, or do you think he's overrated? Yeah, he let me down in one league last year, too, where I think I had uh, an Odell, Juju Smith, Schuster turn. That didn't work out real well mm, for me, that wow. league. Um, so, yeah, I, I do think we have to believe that this is – still basically the same guy who took the league by storm in 2014 mm. and you know averaged almost 100 yards a game over his first three years scored double digit touchdowns in each of those three seasons had at least 91 catches in each of those three seasons and topped out at 101 um he's 27 so it's not like he should be in the downward cycle of his career yet but the injuries have taken such a toll the last three years uh, the broken ankle that wrecked his season in 2017. He played just four games. Uh, 2018, only 12 games. I think that was a quad issue, if I recall yep. correctly. Mm, that's correct. Uh, and then last year, dealing with that sports hernia and maybe some other core injury. Uh, and he did play all 16 games, but pretty clearly he was not at full capacity. So, I don't know. I think some people are looking at him as a potential top five receiver who's coming at a slight injury discount other people i think need a prove it year from him before they are ready to buy back in and to me the current price is pretty fair um you know wide receiver 10 i think i've got a wide receiver nine uh maybe your willingness to draft odell should largely depend on how you plan to build your team and here's what i mean by that so generally like i tend to hammer running backs and wide receivers in the first seven or eight rounds i'm not really an early quarterback guy i'm usually not an early tight end guy and because of that i think becca might make more sense on some of my rosters uh obviously there's significant injury risk here smaller guy he's dealt with a lot of injuries throughout his career uh but since i'm gonna have three or four or five receivers on my team by the end of the eighth round or ninth round OBJ is a pretty reasonable gamble for me because I'm going to have some pretty strong receivers behind him. With that sort of roster build, I might be able to survive an OBJ injury. But if you're the kind of fantasy manager who likes to get a top tier tight end or top quarterback or maybe even both, OBJ might not make as much sense because you're not going to be investing as much early round draft capital at wide receiver. And you're probably going to be in pretty serious trouble if Beckham gets hurt again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100% agree with that. It's, it's high-risk, high-reward play, so if you're going to stack your team up with other wide receivers, you can kind of you know, negotiate that, that downfall of him. So if he does, say, fall out and bust for you, you have other wide receivers to kind of help make that loss not as big as it really should be. Dad, are you back in on Odell Beckham? I know you, you, know. you have some choice words for him and whatnot, but I want to hear your takes on him. I think I've got to stay away. Uh -uh. <clears throat> so now listen, he had a disappointing 2019 season, but he still had over 1,000 yards, but he only had four touchdowns. Now, yeah, he's been hurt the last three years, so he came into the league 2014. He finished the year as the number one overall wide receiver points per game. The next year, 2015, he was the number three. 16, he was the number five. Uh, eight, 
18, he was the number 15, and last year he was the number 33. So you can see, and and I, th I think the, the output has been la lackluster here in Cleveland since he came here, um, but he still has some decent uh, fantasy value. I think Freddie Kitchens and Cleveland's chaos and dysfunctions has hindered, has hindered the, the entire Cleveland offense, right? Uh, so now that coming into 2020, the Browns now have a crowded receiving core and a tight end. They brought in Austin Hooper. Mm -hmm. A resurgence might be in the works with Kevin Stefanski. Yeah. Did I say that right? Stefanski. Stefanski. Something like that. The Vikings offensive coordinator coming in. So And, and he loves Beckham. He's going to put him in more positions for more big plays, he says. And, and Baker has got to get better than he was last year. I mean, last year he was terrible. Uh, so I'm, I, he should have a better year than he did last year. Hopefully he can stay healthy. So you're taking a gamble, like Pat said, uh, depending on how you build your roster. But you're taking a, a gamble by taking him because, you know, the last three years he's been hurt. Yeah, I'm, I'm in on Odell this year. I, I mean, it's not probably surprising for a lot of our listeners who stayed with us for the years, but I'm in on Odell. I mean, it's the kind of guy I can never leave. People could say he's overrated. 27 years old, that's the age apex, and he's, it's that's a nice place to be, especially for redraft purposes. I'm expecting a lot of better things this year. Positive regression is in his favor. Four touchdowns. You know, touchdowns aren't sticky year to year. Yeah, that's going to regress positively. I'll give him seven. I'm just going to add three more, something like that. 11 drops last year. You don't like to see that. Odell's not usually a guy who drops balls. He's one's usually catching it with one hand yeah, right. down yeah. the sideline. Yeah. And drops are not correlating year to year either. So sure. he's going to he's motivated this year. You got rid of that stupid coach, Freddie Kitchens. Now he's on the Giants. Have fun with that tight ends coach. Stefanski, we've seen what he's done with Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs in Minnesota. They're going to be more run-heavy, but the improved offensive line, you take a first-round draft pick on offensive line, you get Conklin from Tennessee, 12 personnel, should allow Odell to do his double moves down the field. You know, he's getting downfield a lot. He was third among all wide receivers in total target distance that combines both incomplete and complete air yards. Expect him to do the same. He had 12th most targets in the league last year with Landry being there, 133 targets. We like that volume. He was also second behind Kenny Galladay in deep targets with 31. Mm. And then with those wide receivers getting down the field, he's also one of five, just like Kenny Galladay, with over 1,500 yards total target distance to average greater than four yards after the catch per reception. I'm, I'm buying the Odell bounce back. Wide receiver 10, it's it's probably a fair price to pay because it's you're not, not going to guarantee him being a top five no. wide receiver. We know he has done that but in the past. But he can if, he's, if exactly. he stays healthy. He can. High risk, high reward. And if, his floor is top 20. But, so but you're gonna, Baker's got to get better. Baker, Baker, Baker Mayfield's got to get better. That's going to be a big part of his play calling last year, Freddie Kitchens. And he's he's now not doing as many advertisements for <laughs> Spotify, Hulu, whatever yeah. he was doing last year. And he's hopefully going to mm. get his head back on and be motivated this year. So I'm buying a whole entire Browns bounce back for everyone in that offense. And then Landry, you can't discredit Landry. Jarvis Landry, consistent, always, always very, very consistent. Dad, I'll start with you. He's going as a wide receiver 29 right now, 70th overall compared to Odell going as a wide receiver 10. So out of the two guys, regarding their price and considering their price, who do you prefer and why? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Odell just because of the upside. I mean, because he could finish in the top five if mm -hmm. he's healthy, right? Land so Landry had hip surgery this offseason. Yeah. They have the addition of Austin Hooper there, who they're going to target because uh, the new head coach loves tight ends. L but Landry did see 138 and 149 targets over the last two seasons. So in saying that, keep in mind, only three wide receivers have been top 24 fantasy options in each of the last five seasons. Do you know who they are? Landry's one of them. Landry's one of them. Keenan Allen? 
Nope. No, not Keenan Allen. Julio Jones is no, number two. Yeah, Julio. And then and there's one more, which should be Michael pretty. Thomas? No. Nope. She hasn't been in the league five Mike years. Evans. Mike Evans, yeah. So only three, those three right there. So that's pretty good company right there. Yeah, very consistent. Yeah, wide receiver nine, wide receiver 13, wide receiver four, wide receiver 18, and yeah. wide receiver 12 last year. You mentioned the targets, 138, Odell had 133. And at that price, you're kind of, it's like almost falling into your oh, lap. That's, that's good value for Landry where he's going. Yeah, I mean, you Absolutely. could you, people if you wanted to, you could take both. I don't recommend taking yeah. both, but I, I'm. Gonna. I usually don't take two off the same team, but. So yeah, I mentioned I had OBJ ranked ninth, which is a, a slight, you know, slightly better than his ADP of, of wide receiver ten, and I've got Landry ranked wide receiver twenty four. If he's at wide receiver twenty nine right now, I suppose Landry looks like the slightly better bargain. Uh, relative to his ADP. Put it this way, I think I've had one or two best ball drafts going consistently over the last months, and I've only wound up with Beckham in one of those leagues. And I think I've got Landry in like four or five. So I've been drafting him pretty often. Yeah, so back back to the Landry, Pat. Um, you mentioned you have more of him. Is that just because he's in the middle rounds when you're like, okay, his value's more sure than Odell and Odell's price point you're preferring other players over him or is, is it more like it's just like you're searching for either or yeah yeah that's kind of it I mean I, I do just generally like Landry as a buy whereas Beckham is a guy I'll take um you know I've been pretty running back focused early in those basketball drafts so far and you know I'm probably going to be like that in a lot of my uh redraft leagues this year just because it seems like that's kind of the way to go the the value at wide receiver seems to be there in the fourth fifth sixth rounds and that's that kind of a hard part of the draft to be chasing running backs in so scoop up those running backs early and then hit the wide outs and uh you know jarvis landry is always a pretty nice looking guy to be able to get in like the sixth or even seventh round sometimes so yeah, I mean, I, I like the guy. I, I think he had gotten a bad rap in Miami as just this one-dimensional short area receiver. But he's been running routes further downfield in Cleveland. I think he only averaged like 8.8 .8 yards per catch in his last season with the Dolphins. But last year he averaged a, a career-high 14.1 yards per catch. And uh, obviously a super tough dude. Still hasn't missed a game in six seasons. And Landry has managed to thrive despite playing in some pretty limited offenses over his career. I mean, he's not been in an explosive offense yet. So yeah, he's coming off hip surgery, which is mildly concerning, but I don't think we can look at a guy who's never missed a game in six seasons as any sort of undue health risk. So I'm a big fan. Yeah, Landry, it's hard to hate him. He gets no respect, doesn't have the same exact sex appeal as Odell Beckham Jr., but gets the job done and finishes right around. He's going to be that guy where he can allow you to play more volatile wide receivers in your flex or running backs in your flex because you know you're getting that sure floor every week. You mentioned how the, the chalk strategy, that I'm not sure. I mean, this year is probably looking chalk as a running back, running back start, and then pounding well, yeah, wide I mean, receiver. Just like, just like Pat said, I mean, yeah. I, I like that same theory of running back, running back, and then pound wide receiver yeah. later. It's going to be hard to pass up on a Julio or them, like say if you have a later pick to pass up on them there, but you come the fifth, sixth round, you're, you're, you know, all your starting running backs – are, are almost gone by then yeah and then in the range where you're picking these wide receivers Stefan Diggs is there my, my favorite player in the NFL is now he's gone he's gone off Minnesota he's he's in Buffalo now which that mean that he, we don't have to talk about Josh Allen but wide receiver 22 are you buying Stefan Diggs at that price Pat I think it's a fair price 
like I don't know if I'm going to be uh, buying him in a lot of leagues. I, I could see him ending up on a couple of my rosters, but um, I, I think I also have him ranked wide receiver 22 at the moment. So I have no qualms with that price at all. Uh, and in terms of pure ability, wide receiver 22 is probably an undersell. I mean, he's probably one of the five best route runners in the yeah. league, maybe one of the 10, 15 best receivers in the league and on talent alone. Uh, you know, but he's been kind of streaky. I'm sure part of that was the run heaviness of the Vikings offense at times. But is he going to be any less streaky playing with a quarterback as inconsistent and unpredictable as Josh Allen? And is a precise route runner like Diggs necessarily a good fit for a quarterback who likes to move around and, and be somewhat improvisational? And uh, another big question here, I mean, how hard is it going to be for Allen and Diggs to sync up in a year when COVID-19 is sort of messed with the off-season programs and might alter the way training camps are conducted. So I'm a little leery of guys going into new systems, especially in the passing game. I th maybe not as uh, problematic for running back, you know, just kind of get the ball hit the hole, but with, with these wide receivers having to gel with quarterbacks and, and get timing right and all that and having – you know, such an unusual off season. Like I'm a little bit worried about the team changers. Oh, that's a great point. A lot of people don't think about that, but that's a fantastic point because with the COVID-19 now, they're not practicing. They're not, I think they're practicing a little bit now, but they've missed so much time already to, to gel with the quarterbacks and stuff, especially on a new team. So that, that's a great point. Pat. Yeah, that's why in redraft especially, I'm fading rookie wide receivers this year because of the whole yeah. coming into the league, the, the weird offseason we're going to have with COVID. And that also is why I've been selling a lot of DeAndre Hopkins and dynasties because of the new team change. But, yes, yeah, DeAndre Hopkins, but he's still valued that high. And same with Dix. Dix is a tough guy to kind of mm. buy right now. I think the price is fair. I don't know if I'm going to be going with him. You mentioned how he's – I'm going to say top 10 wide receiver in talent alone. Very, very, very good at oh. football. We've seen him year to year. But, Dad, are you, are you buying into digs at that price? Uh, I mean, that's not – you're got you on the clock. you got a minute 30 I mean, to yeah, pick. At you that gotta, price, I'm okay. I'm okay with him. Um, so so he's, been a, okay. he's been a solid starting receiver, right, yes. with over 1,000 yards. you got to choose your seasons. words carefully here. You don't, you don't want to get me upset. Listen, so the writing has been on the wall. Diggs seemed very upset with the lack of involvement. Uh, back there in Minnesota. So I think Buffalo should transform its offense around the receiving talent of Diggs. I mean, John Brown is coming off a top 20 wide receiver uh, as the number one for Josh Allen, right? So I think Josh Allen is going to have to pass the ball more often to help it make it work for Diggs and then John Brown there. I mean, Diggs is an excellent wide receiver, and he could receive a career high in targets in 2020 if Josh Allen can take that next step uh, he's a he's a okay quarterback. His rushing ability and everything, but if he can pass the ball a little more, he'll take that next step at the quarterback position. So I think I think Diggs is a much better talent than John Brown. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. So so Diggs is a, a pretty sure low end wide receiver one with upside. I think low end wide receiver one or low end wide receiver two. Well, low I think low end wide receiver one. Okay, so you gotta be buying into that price. You think it's low end yeah. wide receiver so, one? So I mean, he, he's he's really he's really good. Thank I mean, you. just Josh Allen's got to be able yeah. to. To uh, to uh, throw the ball more often than he does. Yeah, his last season. So, I mean, Buffalo's got to run out division now with New England, oh. basically, you know, trading players off and people and moving Brady, on. Yeah. So it's it's Buffalo's year to shine. So, and and I do like Josh Allen this year, and hopefully he can 
take that next step. Yeah, we'll, by we'll talk about ball. Josh Allen in another episode, but last season, Stephon Diggs, fifth among wide receivers in deep targets, and that's going to increase with the rocket arm. Josh Allen himself was probably going to end up throwing the ball out of the stadium a couple of times. <laughs> I mean, last season, Josh Allen was outside the top 30 among quarterbacks. Keep in mind, there's, there's 32 quarterbacks starting in a week. He's outside the top 30 in deep ball completion percentage, red zone completion percentage, pressured completion percentage, clean pocket completion percentage which i don't understand how you're outside the top 30 he was 24th in play action percentage which altogether made him 33rd in true completion percentage those are not good numbers he, no. he's not an accurate quarterback and if you if Diggs was getting frustrated with kirk cousins last year i can only imagine what's going to happen on the sidelines this year because last season kirk cousins gave stefan Diggs the number one target quality rating among all wide receivers in football last year number one and he's going to a guy who's outside of top 30 in all these metrics. Kirk Cousins was fifth in true completion percentage. So that, that's just, you can look at the two differences right there. He has all the talent, but the thing that's going to matter is can Josh Allen give him the ball accurately? And that's going to be a no. <laughs> that's not, so you're going to have those high ceiling weeks, but also there's no floor baked into Stephon Dix's price. So kind of like Odell Beckham, where you're, you got to be drafting wide receivers to kind of mitigate that, that risk. I think it also applies to Stephon Diggs this year. And then pounding wide receiver, it's, it's been it's been the thing in these middle rounds. Marvin Jones is one of your favorite wide receivers, I think, of all time, Dad. And I want you to tell us about sure. Marvin Jones this year, currently going as the wide receiver 46, yeah, 91st overall. And that, that's a little too that's too far. So you know me, I love Marvin Jones. Yeah, you do I love try Marvin to get Jones. him every year on my redraft team, just because he can have them explosive weeks. They're not consistent, but he can have explosive weeks for you. He's had, he has a 40-plus point game on his resume. Like yeah. Only, I oh, think, yeah. 12 wide receivers I have. I played him that week, too. There you go. Free so, win So, I mean, there. he only had 779 receiving yards last year. I mean, the quarterback situation there with Stafford getting hurt was a disaster for him. It really was. I think, I think Marvin Jones is one of the most undervalued player every single year. Yes. Not for me. I take him just about every single year. I grab him. I mean, he has big games here and there, like I just said. He did miss the last three games of the 2019 season with an ankle ankle injury. Uh, also, he's also in a contract year this year, so if that means anything. Uh, Detroit's backups, like I said, didn't help Jones at all. Now Stafford is healthy and ready to come back. I think a full season with a healthy Stafford will make a huge difference. So if you want to ride a wide receiver, if you wait on wide receiver, you can go get him and use him as your wide receiver three any week because yeah. he can produce some big numbers. Yeah. I, I, you don't get those often. You don't get these correct answer sound effects often. I, just I, gave I don't, but I, but I appreciate the, the little sound effects there because, I mean, you know, Marvin Jones, he's my man. He, he is your man. Every, I had to put him on the show. He's one player I'm grabbing every Every, every, every league. I'm going to try to get him in one of our leagues this year. That way you can't have him, and I can imagine he's going to be on your Scott Fishbowl team this year because I know you will reach for him. Is Marvin Jones the guy you're looking for, Pat, in drafts? Yeah, so I've got him like wide receiver 36 or 37, so a, a good 10 spots ahead of his ADP. So I smart am man, Pat. Totally You're a smart man. Yeah, <laughs> Paul, yeah, I am <laughs> totally uh, on board. You're driving the bus, but you saved me a seat in the back. All right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's funny. I don't know. Does, does the Detroit wide receiver combo of Galladay and Jones remind you guys at all of the Oakland combo a couple of years ago when it was, uh, I guess more than a couple of years ago when it was Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree. Yes. Um, whereas, you know, you've got these two guys and, and everyone sees 
Cooper is the young emerging star and uh, you know, Crabtree is just sort of the, I don't know, I guess not a perfect parallel because Jones isn't as, as much of a pure possession receiver as Crabtree used to be. But Crabtree was like this solid wide receiver too every year. And, uh, you know, Jones has that kind of ability. And, you know, there were years where Crabtree would outscore or, uh, you know, come real close to Cooper. But there was always this big 80 too. You know, and I think people look at Galladay the same way, like Galladay, I think was number three in fantasy scoring at wide receiver last year. Um, just a obvious star potential with the guy. I mean, he could just be one of the, the top receivers for the next decade. And I don't think anyone would be surprised, but you know, Jones is still really good. They don't have a lot of other wide receivers who have to be, who are going to command the ball. I mean, Danny Amendola is going to get some possession receiver catches, uh, but there's still a lot of room for Jones to eat in this offense. And people were worried at last year that the Lions, I think, were going to be conservative with Daryl Bevel calling the plays. And that really hasn't been the case. I mean, maybe they're a little bit run heavy at times, but they do take their shots downfield. At, at least they're yeah. being run heavy with the purpose of setting up, you know, deeper throws like Stafford's, um, you know, yards depth of throw is is you know pretty healthy so um yeah i i think there's room for jones that approach a thousand yard season this year yes yeah 100 percent agree with that but that's another correct answer right there. now marvin jones you mentioned missing three games it still was top 30 among all wide receivers in target distance and he was ninth in red zone receptions it's where he's gonna be utilized Matthew Stafford looks for him. Beat reporters from the Lions even say when he's getting rushed, he doesn't look at Kenny Galladay. He looks at Marvin Jones. And I was on the fantasy timeline last night with Super Duper Flex Bill, and uh, we mentioned defenses when they go in to play Detroit, they, they put their best guy on Marvin Jones, which leaves Kenny Galladay more open because Marvin Jones is viewed as defense as their most dangerous wide receiver. That's probably going to hopefully change and make Marvin Jones even better, like you know, going on this weaker competition. But Marvin Jones is Matthew Stafford's right-hand man. He was top 15 in snap share. Pat mentioned they don't really have any wide receiver three of con, uh, right. consequence, so he's going to be on the field a lot. 20% of his snaps were in the slot last year, so that gives him a safer floor, bigger ceiling. All, all the Jones, you get healthy Matt Stafford. I'm, I'm ready for Marvin Jones to, to break out in a top 30 fashion for a guy who's just getting discredited, discredited, discredited. You said, uh, I believe we had Dan on the show, and you mentioned how Marvin Jones on his Instagram story said he wanted to have, how many touchdowns this year? Was it 15 touchdowns? It was 15 touchdowns. 15 touchdowns this year. That's a good so goal. So he's ready to go. He's ready to go. <laughs> hey, if, if the player's believing in his abilities, I like that. After them quarterbacks he had to deal with last year at the end of the year, he's ready to go with a healthy Stafford. Ready to go with a healthy Stafford. So you better, if you're going to get him ahead of me, you better be reaching for him or you got no shot. <laughs> I'll, I'll do my best. Now, your guy's Marvin Jones, my guy. The whole dynasty draft process has been J.K. Dobbins. I'm a big J.K. Dobbins fan, but this is redraft. So, Pat, you think that J.K. Dobbins has a chance to outperform his running back 33? Well, he has a chance because he has the upside of a – you know, in the Baltimore offense, but are you buying into J.K. Dobbins this year in redraft? I mean, he definitely has a chance, but uh, boy, like how valuable would it be to have the answer key to the Baltimore backfield? <laughs> um, right. Because this is this is just one of the 
the situations. It's so important for us to try to figure out. And uh, it's going to be a really hard puzzle to put together. How much do they go with the veteran deference to Mark Ingram? Um, you know, how, how much are they willing to give J.K. Dobbins an opportunity to outplay Ingram and uh, sort of usurp his role? So that's a tough one. I mean, Ingram has been yeah. just kind of a rock yeah. the last four or five years, useful in the passing game, good in short yardage, good between the tackles, good. I mean, he's just kind of a jack of all trades, uh, which is going to probably make him pretty hard to kick out of the lineup. Mm-hmm. And I do like Dobbins. I mean, in in Dynasty, he was my running back three before the draft, you know, behind pretty well behind Jonathan Taylor and a little behind DeAndre Swift. But, you know, I, I like him a little more than Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Uh, I'm a Big Ten guy, so I've seen a lot of Dobbins at Ohio State, and I, I thought he was pretty terrific. And, you know, I think he's going to be a good NFL dra- NFL back. I just don't know if it's going to be this year. You know, he's going to get some run for sure, but I don't know how loyal the Ravens are going to be to Ingram this year. It's one of those things I really wish I knew the answer to. Yeah, I need to see this answer. Yeah, I'll go talk I to John Harbaugh. I think that's Harbaugh. a question on everybody's is yeah. thinking. Are you are you going to be taking J.K. Dobbins at all in any of your drafts this year? I, I doubt it. Uh, not in a redraft, no. Uh, Dynasty, yes, because when this guy becomes the primary running back for the Ravens, you're going to want him on your fantasy team. That's but that's probably saying. not going to be till the 2021 season, right? Mm-hmm. So the question for fantasy owners is whether it happens in 2020 or not, right? So remember, Ingram isn't going anywhere in 2020, especially after finishing, I, I believe it was the RB11. Mm-hmm. Very solid running back. Uh you have Gus Edwards there, Justin Hill. We're not concerned with them. I mean, Dobbins, he might get some. Um, he's going to be the backup, but he might get the uh, little bit of committee maybe they're going to do. But Ingram is their guy. They're not going to go away from Ingram, not at least not for this year. So I don't think there's not a big fantasy production role for, for him this year. The one thing going against Ingram, and he's, he's on the wrong side of the 30-year-old mark, right? Yep. <laughs> he is getting older. Uh so yeah, he has a high seal in Dobbins uh, if he can get some opportunities. I mean, so you're, you're taking a shot. He's a good handcuff to get. I don't usually handcuff running backs, but if you wanted to handcuff in case Ingram gets hurt. So as far as redraft, I'm going to stay away from Dobbins this year. Yeah, I mean. It's hard, it's hard to tell. Like Pat said, it's hard to know what they're going to do. But how can they go away from Ingram, what he did last year? I don't think they can. You mentioned he's on the wrong side of 30. I'll play the devil's advocate for here. J.K. Dobinson redraft is definitely – it's hard to be confident whenever you select him. But what you, round's he going in? He's going 101 overall, so that's so an eighth, eighth round. round. Eighth round yeah. right now. He's going later than the other rookie running backs. The GMs, they, they're drooling over their pick. They were surprised he made it that far to him in the second round. He's one of three running backs – to have over 2,200 all-purpose yards, and he's not missed a single game in his three years at college. Baltimore, they run the ball a lot. They were top seven in the past three years, every single year that they're running the ball. Now with Lamar Jackson, they're running the ball some more. And you can picture a scenario where Mark Ingram's going to be getting most of the carries. They're going to start easing J.K. Dobbins in, and then J.K. Dobbins is going to break a long touchdown run. 
And you're like, oh, wait, this guy, this guy's pretty good. Let's keep giving him more touches. And he's going to have to earn the opportunity in year one. 2021 is going to be his year. But I can envision a scenario easily. You can close your eyes and you can you can picture this J.K. Dobbins <laughs> just running away with the job in weeks 11 yeah. to 16 at the end of the season. It's it's be more of a buy low candidate I think in season than they, yeah. than they draft him and just be confident starting him. But uh, I'm okay with trading for J.K. Dobbins week six, week seven when the owner is kind of getting frustrated. He hasn't really done much this year. I mean, if he produces with his touches, he's going to get he's going to get more snaps. You can't not give a guy more snaps if he produces that well. And he ran run play uh, run pass option the most in college, and that's what Lamar Jackson does. I think it's going to be it's going to be nice. I mean that that this offense has just got so much talent on it. Exactly, Hollywood Brown. I love Hollywood Brown this year. Yeah. I love him this year. I mean, the, the team is just a very good football team right now. Yeah, Ravens are definitely and looking. Again, like they got a, better with with drafting Dobkins. Yeah, and right now Jamal Adams is requesting a trade from the Jets, and one of the teams he's uh, wants to go to is the Ravens. Yeah. So if they get him too with that offense and their defense, oh, that's going to be tough to beat the so Baltimore. I'd want to go to the Ravens too. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I would want to go. <laughs> But J.K. Dobbins, definitely a high ceiling, low floor play to begin of the year, and I think he's going to be more of a buy candidate midseason. But it would not surprise me if he won people leagues this year. You could see it next year we're talking about, hey, league winner J.K. Dobbins, and he's a first-round pick in drafts next year. Cause yeah, Mark but I, don't, I only see you, that happen if, if Ingram gets hurt. I don't yeah, see him. Which he doesn't you know, really I don't, get I hurt. He doesn't really miss it. games. He's very consistent. Right. So Mark Ingram's there, and it's going to be tough for J.K. Dobbins to get more than 60% of the carries sure. in that backfield. But you don't need – if he has 40% of the touches in that backfield, that's going to be more valuable. I think he's going to basically just say goodbye, Gus Edwards, goodbye, Justice yeah. Hill. It's going to be the Mark Ingram, J.K. Dobbins show. I agree. In Houston, there's a one-man show because Duke Johnson – I love Duke Johnson. I think he's very talented, but Bill O'Brien does not care. He signed Carlos Hyde <laughs> off the street last year and decided to make him top 12 in running back yes, carries. And – we, we had Mike right on from the FF Ballers. Guess what he said? He's like, if you're Bill O'Brien, and it's a perfect, he's right. You're going to want to make people try to believe that you made the right decision here in trading away Hopkins for David Johnson. When we, everyone knows, at least if, if you have a brain in your in your skull right there, you know that's a dumb trade, and I can still, like, I don't understand. Yeah, nobody we, nobody yeah. can understand no. that, that. But he's going to try to make it work and prove a point. So are you buying into David Johnson this year, Pat? Yeah, uh, I can't go against Mike. Right? <laughs> Good beard. I, I can't go against him on that. So I, I kind of do agree that he is going to be given every shot to be the, the sort of workhorse back he was with Arizona a couple of years ago. And, um, boy, I mean, David Johnson has burned so many people the last three years. I'm one like, of them. No one has. I'm one of yeah. them. <laughs> I mean, no <laughs> – who else has torpedoed as many first round, uh, you know, yeah. draft investments as David Johnson has the last three years? So, uh, I guess that explains the RB twenty ADP. Uh, even though he's going in as a, a running back one, a, a you know p- potential workhorse in a good offense led by Deshaun Watson. Um, so you do have this guy. I mean, he. I think he's always going to be better as a pass catcher than as a pure runner. But, uh, you know, there's room for him to do that in this offense. There's room for him to get goal line work because, you know, Duke Johnson's a small guy. Uh, You know, there's really no one else pressing him for carries. I mean, unless, you know, there's a real dark horse on this roster and I don't see one. Um, It's a good setup, but, you know, as, as, cooked as david johnson looked at times last year you just wonder was he hurt is it has he just aged quickly he did come in as kind of an older prospect 
uh, you know, is it possible this guy is just sort of hitting the wall early? I don't know. Um, but you have to kind of buy into the work, uh, the workload and at RB20, I mean, I'm, I would be tempted if it got to be the early fourth round and I only had one running back. If I, you know, was in a spot where I decided I was going to take a receiver in, in one of the first two rounds and I'm still looking for my second running back early in the fourth, I'd be pretty tempted. Yeah, I think that's the kind of scenario you want with your team. And we got Debro in the chat. What's going on, Debro? And then Carl's Hyde that you mentioned in the last, you can take it away from here. So David Johnson, are you, after our podcast with Mike, are you buying into him more now or are you still kind of not touching him? I think the scenario that Pat laid out is more like the scenario where you're going to take a David Johnson's if you right. go wide receiver in the first two rounds. Right. I mean, you know, so he's got another shot at a lead back. Uh, Remember, he has finished in the top 12 in rushing attempts each of the past six seasons. I mean, he's, he should see plenty of work uh, in this backfield, especially, I think, in a passing game. Because Hopkins leaves, there's over 100 targets up for grab, and they want to make they want people to know that they made the right trade. So I think they're going to use him out of the backfield. Now, he hasn't been the same since he broke his wrist. Yeah. I don't know if that's an issue, but, um, like, I had him on my team, and what a, if you spend a first-round pick and he just – Two fantasy points, three <laughs> fantasy points. Set like what is what is going on, dude? You're a number one pick, yeah, right. So Arizona, they didn't even use Johnson like they should have. I mean, when he, he was healthy, he went from seeing eighty percent of the snaps to about forty-two percent of the snaps, which yeah. is a, which is a huge difference, especially for a guy with that talent. Yeah. So in the past, the Texans really didn't use their running back receivers out of the backfield that should change i think with hopkins going yeah hopkins i'd had gone, a 3.1 right? percent of the target share last year but right. you also got a like you mentioned hopkins is going and that's right. an alpha wide receiver leaving i'm just going to give that to brandon cooks yeah. or give it to randall cobb that some of it's going to go to david johnson who's a very good receiving back so so i mean hyde is is the only one he's got got to worry no hyde is gone so the only one he's got to worry about is duke johnson yep. duke johnson's the only thing he's got to worry about. and mike wright was talking about him the other night and you know kind of made me see a different side of it so i mean i think he's gonna have a good fantasy year with a new opportunity on a new team we'll put it that way volume's key and he's gonna get the volume there we We hope so i mean we thought that he will in arizona too when we took him in a number one draft so someone like me who took him and got burned am i gonna take him again and go i did it again take lock take lock's bad don't have take lock i I don't think it's gonna happen i think he's (laughs) i think he's got to have a lot of opportunity in this offense you like david montgomery I do like David Montgomery. I'm liking David Johnson this year. A little bit of ADP yeah. disparity, but I remember last podcast you said you'd rather have David Montgomery, so I'm wondering if you want to make yeah. a little bit of a wager right here. Um, I'll take David Johnson, and you could you could take your, your David Montgomery. You, you might have had me last week on that. Right now I'm not taking that bet. David Johnson, I mean, first six weeks of the season, he had five top 12 weeks because of his receiving ability. Then a back strain, he, he suffered a back strain in week one and then re-injured it week five. And then you know the rest of the story right. last season. It just was not good. Yeah. That Tampa Bay game, that one clip that surfaced Twitter and kind of went viral with him running. I think a snail may have moved faster than him in that back. <laughs> it, it, was, it was not pretty whatsoever. I mean, no. I don't understand how you can be like that, but it's you, you got you to gotta look a little past that. So. David Johnson, I'm buying into him this year. We'll, we'll think about a bet after the show. Yeah, we'll think but about it. But before we get Pat out of here, uh, I'm going to need a bold prediction, Pat. And then, I mean, fan, fantasy football, we had some bold takes on the show. I want to see how high you can kind of go with these bold takes. So the floor is yours. 
All right, I've been uh, I've been using this one uh, in a couple of different spots this week, but I'm just going to repeat it because I uh, feel pretty good about it, actually. And uh, Jonathan Taylor has been my guy. I think he's the best running back prospect to come to the league since Saquon Barkley. I agree. And, uh, you know, he's a specific kind of running back. He's not going to be a huge contributor in the passing game, although he can do that. Uh, you know, he's not going to be a guy who probably ever catches 50 balls in a season. But, boy, you can give him the ball a lot and, uh, you know, just let him do his thing. And he landed in a great spot with the Colts, with this uh, just mauling offensive line they have. And they have to protect a, a, an immobile senior citizen quarterback. <laughs> so they have every incentive to establish that running game. I like and it. I am not buying for a second what Frank Reich and Chris Ballard are saying about Taylor being part of a committee with Naheem Hines and uh, Marlon Mack. You know, Hines is going to get the passing down work, but like Marlon Mack is not going to cut into Jonathan Taylor's rushing load. So I think that Jonathan Taylor is going to lead the league in rushing as a rookie this year. So I think that Jonathan Taylor is going to lead the league in rushing as a rookie this year. Wow, that is a bold statement, Pat. Ooh, I, I wow, mean, that's the, the show right there. But wow, I that's mean, a bold one, Pat. I like it. That's a. I, I think that may be the boldest take we had wow. so far. Lead the league in rushing. I agree with you on the fact that I believe he is the best running back prospect to come out since Saquon Barkley. Our, he's, he's once in a decade kind of player we just so happen to have two of these guys come very very close to each other with Saquon coming out two years ago but Jonathan Taylor my RB won this whole draft prospect, uh, process and still is ahead of Clyde Edwards Hilaire for me but this year I mean that's rookie I, I can see it I'm, that's I, a bold I, I agree with Marlon Mack he's, he's, he's pretty good he's done pretty but it's good. Jonathan I don't think Taylor I don't think he's gonna go away but uh, that's a bold statement Pat I like it yeah like I, I wrote that one down I mean, so I can against... remember. <laughs> I wrote that one down. Max, Mac is a, a fine running back too. You know, nothing, nothing against him at all. But I do not think that he is going to be an impediment to, to Taylor getting a lot of carries this year. Yeah. When when do you think that Jonathan Taylor will take over this the mass workload? I'm saying week four, like worst case. No, man. I think it's going to be before that. Uh, I would not be surprised to see him starting in week one. Yeah, I would love that. As music he has to. Have Pat's got to lead in the league in rushing. He's <laughs> yeah. got to do it sooner yeah. or later. I already think he's a top five <laughs> rusher. It's got to happen early, Paul. I know. Yeah. Top five rusher. I can't wait till October. Yeah. So are you reaching for Jonathan Taylor? Right now he's going about, what, the early fourth round? Yeah, late third, early fourth. I, I have been reaching. Yep. And, uh, you know, he's going to be one of those guys, if I don't get him in the Scott Fishbowl, I'm going to be pretty sad. Yeah, definitely a guy I'm going to be looking for in a Scott Fishbowl, too, because you need mm. to go for all upside. Now you got me thinking. Well, I mean, you can start a draft with an early uh, early pick in the drafts, and you could theoretically, this is just theoretically here, depending on how the board falls, I'm not going to sure. say it's going to happen. Right. Saquon Barkley and Aaron Jones slash Miles Sanders, depending on the board, or Josh Jacobs, and then a Jonathan Taylor. 
He might not make wow. it. If you, if you, you if can you do that. This, if you have the second pick, though, Jonathan Taylor might not make it around. He'll make it to the 302. Look, the he'll hype, make it to the, the 302. The hype is getting bigger He'll make it bigger. to the 302. You think so? He'll make it to the 302. It depends what Lee. What you can start. Bowl, you he can might start not make like it that. to the 302. Well, fishbowl depends who's in your draft. I mean, we'll, we'll see who. Hopefully, no one's going to be listening to this podcast that's in your, your draft patch oh, for your six. So. You can get yourself Jonathan <laughs> Taylor. I know it. I <laughs> I gotta hope I don't wind up in your division, Justin. You're gonna you're gonna be battling me for it. Uh, I, I will be. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, like yeah. it though, Pat. That's very bold. That I like very it. Bold. And if people, once again, if they don't follow you on Twitter and what do you do in the fantasy industry, let them know where they can find you and what what you do. Yeah. So uh, you can find me on Twitter at fitz underscore ff, and uh, my fantasy content, my rankings, all that is parked on thefootballgirl.com. And uh, yeah, check out the Fits on Fantasy podcast, which available on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, a couple other platforms too. So, uh, and guys, thanks a lot for having me on. This has been great. Uh, really enjoyed the conversation. Yes, yeah. thank you very yeah. much. We appreciate your time, Pat. Yeah, we do. And thanks for everyone tuning into the live stream, and we'll see you guys next week.